cliffcentral.com. Uh, what I like about you is you're, you're completely in control of your own destiny. You decide exactly what you're going to do on any given day, and you do it. So there's a fallacy of control, right? Because uh, you, you, on one side, you do absolutely feel like that, but then you still find yourself answerable to clients and staff and all kinds of people as well. And, uh, well, you're not an island, but you, you can try to be as much of an for island sure. as you like. And, and I guess uh, Richard Branson actually has an island. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like an island. <laughs> That's but, the big dream, right? Yeah. But, but you know what? It is cool. I, I do really, really enjoy having the control uh, and the ability to make my own mistakes, which, which is a pretty cool thing. And I mean, ah, he's just an amazing guy. I think we should definitely take this opportunity. Rich does uh, a lot of really impressive things. He, he, he does these, um, these talks where he, he tells his own story. He facilitates things. You also talk to other people. You get some amazing insights. Uh, you, this is one of the reasons we have you on. But since you're here and we're talking about this, do you have any tips for people if you record a, a minute-long pitch of an idea? Any, any tips on what you could do to make that more impactful? Because there are a lot of people entering already. All right. So the first thing I would turn around is, uh, so, and this is a basic format for any presentation ever, but you have to give people a reason to care. Everyone jumps straight into the story, but they don't tell you why you should give a shit. And job number one is to create an itch. Job number two is to provide a scratch. That's it. Uh, it itch, scratch. But people jump the itch altogether, and they just walk up to you and start scratching you, which makes <laughs> which is a bit weird, right? But if I'm scratching, if I if I'm sitting there trying to get my back, uh, I get away an itch, and a total stranger walks up to me and scratches it. I'm like, thank you, man. But if I'm walking down the street and a total stranger just walks up and starts rubbing my back. <laughs> It's right, a harassment. Okay, yeah, exactly. So, so uh, when we hear pitches, it's amazing how often they just jump straight into making it about them, when yeah. in fact it's about a problem you can solve for the other person. So you should start off by addressing the problem, and then you give the solution. And it's uh, often it's creating the problem. Hmm. So, so there's a, a term in business that people often talk about called a USP, a unique selling proposition. Mm-hmm. That's all well and good, but first of all, you need to create a UPS, which is a unique problem that you can solve or that only you can solve. Because so often in these pitches, these guys will say something, but the problem that they create is something that everybody else pitching uh, will also offer. So if you're selling photocopiers, they could say, you know, uh, if only uh, photocopiers were networked, and now they are. But every single guy who walks in has got that. You, you always have to create the problem that is unique to only you. So when you leave, if they still feel like, oh, shit, but what about this problem? Well, only those guys can solve it. Right. It sounds like the A-team. No, this is brilliant. This is why I like having you in here. Okay, but you didn't come in here to discuss this. You've got lots on your mind. What do you got to tell us this morning? So – we missed you yesterday. We need a, know, a know, start to our week on a I was on a, uh, that stupid 6 a.m. flight <clears throat> up uh, yeah. from Cape Town. Horrible. But, yeah, it's, it's horrid. Up at four. So here's the thing, and I, I'm, I'm very loath. I've been nervous the whole way riding here because it's actually like, I mean, you can't go from hipsters to this topic. But anyway, here's, here's the story. So uh, my son my, my son had his parent-teacher meeting the other day, and he did really well and everything, but he did pretty crap in Afrikaans. Okay. And now Afrikaans is a, a quite widely used, believe it or not, language in our house because if I want to say to my wife, yeah, come on, and I of of it, then the only way that we're able to do, sorry, yeah, the only way we're able to do this is in Afrikaans because that's our code language. So, yeah. I, and I, I admit my Afrikaans isn't great, but I can, um, you know, the kinders would need me a televisi kijk vandaag. Yeah. In other words, it's your. Adult um, code. Yeah, it's your adult code, but it's also you, you, you understand it a lot better than you speak it. So you can you can kind of comprehend oh, yeah, we make it up it. like like miners uh, did with that funny galore thing, like we handle this in Afrikaans. So I understand <laughs> the value of the language. Now, here's the thing. So I, I sit down with my son and I say to him, Callum, this is not okay. You've got to really pick up your Afrikaans. Yeah. And his reply to me was, 
why? <laughs> and there isn't really a good answer. <laughs> and so this is my thing. So I said, well, Carl, because you have to. And he said, but dad, I don't think this is, uh, I don't think this is a great justification. Uh, I How old is he? Yeah, uh, 12. Mm-hmm. So, so I said to him, but Callum, you know, languages are fantastic. And I actually Googled it and I found some things. So according to uh, World Factbook, only 5.6 of the world speaks uh, English as a primary language. So, you know, learning other languages are great. To which his answer was, what percentage of the total world speaks Afrikaans as the first language? Um, and that number is very small. Yeah. And then he said, uh, I find this other thing. He said, a study from the University of Chicago found that when people speak in a language other than their native tongue, it helps eliminate their tendency uh, uh, for or loss aversion and makes them better negotiators. So just the ability to think in other languages as well helps you in business. And again, his reply was, that's fantastic, but why Afrikaans? Now, here's the thing. I don't want to for a single second say that I'm saying that Afrikaans is bad and it should be eradicated from schools. I totally get it. What I don't understand is why it's still compulsory. I understand it's one of the official languages of South Africa, but it's only one of them. And Callum said to me eventually, so where he completely won the argument and I had nothing left, he said, why don't they teach us Chinese? Now, this is from a 12-year-old, and I'm thinking, I can't think of any good reason why if we're forcing a kid to learn a language, why it's Afrikaans. Mm. And I, I'm just not sure. Any any takes on this? Uh, no, other than that we are precious about the languages that are indigenous to our own country. But, but we shouldn't. Koza, uh, he does Koza at school, and yes. he stops doing that at now going into yes. high school. Which is, again, there's no explanation for that either. And he does well in Koza, and he uh, says, why can't I carry on doing that? I think that he should be able to do that. And he should also be able to, to learn Chinese or French or any other language in the world that he'd like to. So my feeling is this. I and think you know what? Soon you will be able to because you can go on the internet. Well, Duolingo. That's the one thing I wanted to bring up. Like That app, I don't know if you've ever gone oh, to Duolingo. Oh, I love Duolingo. It's on my phone. It's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And there's no excuse. And I completely get it. Uh, it the, the, every language is available. And you can go on there. And we now can actually learn some really rad things. But I feel like a language, a second language, should certainly be uh, compulsory at school. I'm just not sure that the one we have as compulsory at the moment should be the one. I feel like this is far too heavy, like we should talk about mm-hmm. strippers or something. No, 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 no. <laughs> I like this. This is a good thing because people don't talk about this and they get very precious and sensitive because language is a personal thing. We Absolutely. take it personally, even though we shouldn't. It's just a means of communication and it's a good skill to have. And the more languages you could speak, the more proficient you'll be at a bunch of different things. But we take it personally because we think it's our language. You know what else is quite weird with languages? I noticed this the other day when I was traveling. Uh, you know our passports? We have 11 languages in South Africa, official languages, and our passport has English and, and French. French. <laughs> like, uh, what? Because the French established themselves as the language of diplomacy. Yeah, the lingua franca. Correct. But, but now English is the lingua franca. Uh, the, the language of usage, of common usage worldwide, mm-hmm. which amazes me is how are we still using the term lingua franca? Correct. Like surely if it's a language like, that we should get to own it, whoever is the lingua franca gets to use that term. But yeah, it's really weird for me that we do still have French on our passports. Well, I, I also think it's pretty bizarre that we need to say that these languages are all on a level, like there are 11 official languages. Who cares? I mean, nobody knows all of 11 official languages. Yeah, and it just, it just wastes a lot of, of time and energy for us to keep adding Sipedi and Afrikaans and Sitswana and all of these things when really it should be down to four. Yeah, yeah. But who's going to decide that? Because some people are going to cry and wail and say that they've been left out of the world and... Blah, blah, blah. But I guess to some degree there is only the four because uh, those are the ones you would be learning at school level anyway. 
you're gonna not there'd be English, to Afrikaans, Kwasa, uh, and Zulu. And Zulu, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess you could argue that uh, Venda, I think, is is structurally very different as well. So, a possible, whereas a lot of the others are derivative. Mm. Uh, my understanding is that Venda is a uh, quite a completely different language, and uh, uh, so so perhaps there as well. Oh Jesus! We're but but what you're saying? No, no, no. This is good. <laughs> I like this. Occasionally, it's good to get uh, into the the heavy stuff because your your son is right. But that was what my the hell point. should he be learning? I just couldn't. I had nothing. I had no viable argument. There was every one of my arguments was based around. In fact, it's very similar to me uh, to about my argument with religion. Uh, people will say, "But there must be a God," and I say, "Okay, but not yours." And uh, and the same thing with with the language thing is that there, mu- there we should learn a second language. Okay, but not this one. Because yeah. all of my arguments to him were based around. It's not about Afrikaans. It's based around. Uh, gym for your brain and letting you learn a new way to think and certain things like this and uh all his arguments were about well that's okay teach me french uh, you know get right. laid or something later i don't know but uh, that is that is a good point now do what language do you speak english yeah. and afrikaans that's it huh yeah yeah. Uh, you? Well, a little bit of, uh, of English. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a, a little bit of Afrikaans, a little bit of French, and a tiny bit of Sitswana. Bon, c'est très bon. Please, <laughs> I, I try, but yeah. it's, uh, je comprenais tous les mots, mais, mais je parlais jusqu'un peu. Quoi? Mm. Ah, merde. <laughs> no, it's terrible. I went, I went to Paris once. C'est pour moi difficile. I was still smoking, and I arrived in Paris, and my, my best mate was French. He taught me how to ask for cigarettes and matches in French. Right. And I walk in. Oh, we're gonna. I've got to leave. I'm getting bounced. No, no, no. Go, 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 go. <laughs> and I walk in, and uh, I arrive at the, this one little cafe in Paris, and I walk up to the guy and say, uh, "Bonsoir, eau uh, camomile et allumette, s'il vous plaît." And he looks at me and he says, "What do you want?" <laughs> Because <laughs> he knew straight away you yeah. were shitty at French. But like, if somebody says uh, one camel mild and matches, please, like you'd get it. Yeah, but, but this French, guy couldn't let me have it. Yeah, but also the French appreciate it when you try, well, even if you are terrible. Well, he didn't. He was. He was. He just. And and so what I said to him was because this was my go-to line that Alan said to me to make sure. I said, "No, no, I'm not American. I'm South African." <laughs> ah, bon, Albert, come on, They like the South Africans. They just can't stand the Americans. If they think you're American, they'll give you shit for everything. That's a very good point. Yeah, but anyway, uh, your your son now. What are you going to do? Teach him Afrikaans because it's the law. And, and so, incidentally, I guess therein lies the final lesson: is suck it up, kid. Like uh, this is this is uh, if you don't learn it, if you don't study it, you'll fail, and this will not be great for you. And I understand that it's not the smartest of arguments, but life isn't about doing shit that you love the all day long, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to suck it up. I have to look at numbers and financials and things like this in my business that are fundamentally disinteresting to me, but I understand they're important. And a learning that that it's not all about unicorn shitting rainbows is, I think, very very important. Well, uh, what, what, as long as under fifty percent of what you do is the stuff that you don't really love, you, you're, you're very lucky. Yeah, wow, yes, absolutely, because I think there's a lot of people who, who don't get that, that balance right. Some people, 80% of what they do, hate, they hate. their job, yeah, which, which must be deeply dissatisfying, especially if you have to sit for two hours in traffic in the morning and two hours in the evening doing and, something and yet absolutely And we feel sorry loath. for uh, – and then they'll jump on Facebook feeling sorry for somebody in Africa who has to walk 500 meters to get some water. Mm. Yeah, again. Actually, they're probably happier than you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're a bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Brad, guys, right. have Thanks, a great Rich. week. See Always week. nice Cheers. to see you. There we go, Rich Mulholland. And uh, once a week we get uh, a, a, a shot.
Like a wake up call. That's what we like. Can to I call just, it. Rich, before you go, I've got one thing that's really been bugging me the last couple of weeks. I mm. just want to share it now because this is the right platform. Now, after doing an honest morning's work here, I go to gym and um, I put my bag in a locker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, see, this is how much you've changed my life is now I look at life like this. And there are so many lockers, right? There's various rows and queues and all that kind of stuff. And I go off and off peak time. So I put my stuff in and I put a padlock on it and there I go. So you think if you're also going to the gym, you would find a locker maybe far away from mine. Because when it comes to the moment of showering, guys need space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You write no rules. Every single bloody day, some guy will put a, a it will take a locker, one or two next to mine. So when I come back from gym, there is a now a naked man standing. Basically, I have to ask him, sorry, can I just get my stuff out? Mm. And dude, if you turn too quickly, you'll do a flap. Exactly. Yeah. This has happened to me. Like, uh, in the beginning, it was like, well, I don't think anything of it. But now I think, could you not have just used common sense and maybe taken a space <sighs> where I don't have to see it's your like naked ass cheeks? It's like the rules on a urinal. Mm. Like, How you know, when you, you don't take the one right next to the guy. So how's this? I'm standing. I take the one. You take the urinal How? furthest exactly. from another person. Absolutely. If there are four and he's at number one, you go number four. So if he's at number two, you go number four. No, yeah. Right? There's an order and it makes sense. It's like playing a game. It's like a puzzle. You don't uh, go two and three. I was at the gym. This is an absolute true story. You cannot make this up. So I'm standing there. You know how there's uh, sometimes there's a lot of the showers don't have doors, and then the last two may have doors. Yeah. So I was in one of the ones without doors. I'm standing there, I'm washing, but I'm doing the wall face, right? Mm-hmm. So ass out, ass, ass out, out, wall out, face. Right. I feel that Got that's you. a more comfortable way that, that to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there washing, and all of a sudden I hear this. Not a word of a lie. Now, now the voice sounds close to my head, and it says, "That smells nice." Jesus. Oh, is this at the Ramberg Virgin Active this, this, this was at Northgate So so I'm wow. thinking to myself What? And I, I That smells really nice So I turn around But I turned quite quickly And I did a whip around Do you know how close we were To, oh. to whip around touch? He was in my shower He no. was getting wet From my water oh. So he liked the smell Of my cocoa butter shower gel He says to me Where did you buy it? Not now. I said, Diskim. I said, I don't know. And then he said the, the line that no man ever wants to hear while standing naked in a shower with another man you have never met. He said, does it have moisturizer in it? <gasps> I had nothing. I was like, dude, I'm feeling very uncomfortable now. I'll speak to you afterwards. Other people are walking past thinking like, this is deeply uh, inappropriate. Cocoa butter. Richard, sounds like you're charming for man meat here. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did smell amazing. <laughs> it was fabulous. Look. Uh, but like, don't ever come into my shower space. This there, has to be a life there, rule. A, oh, that is off-putting. Funny, there's a funny thing going on. I don't know what this is, but there's something about when men are in the gym, especially, let's say, older men. They're in the gym. It's just way too familiar. I, yeah. I am not uh, in any way, uh, you know, supremely macho about anything. I'm a very open-minded guy. I don't mind. I'm not uh, made uncomfortable or offended by uh, naked men, by gay men, by anything. It doesn't upset me. But there's some kind of weird familiarity that creeps in. I don't shower at the gym for this purpose. Right. Um, you try your best not to ever have to shower at the gym. I, I will go if I absolutely have an appointment after or I couldn't fit it in any other time of the day. Um, there's a thing that happens that, that men, they will put their legs up and run the towel no, between their legs. The old guy. They, will, they will walk around with their, with their package hanging out, flopping around, uh, talking to each other. 
which is always unnecessary. So, you can have underpants on when you talk to each other, at least, or have the towel around you. Is it necessary this for us morning, to display the towel our junk? Around. This morning, I got up. I had, Jasmine was in Cape Town. The kids were in Cape Town. I got up in my house. I got out of the shower. I wrapped the towel around my waist and walked into the bedroom. Because that's what, even if nobody's around, that's kind of where you put your towel. In the gym, guys are so afraid that someone thinks they're trying to hide their junk that they do the shoulder towel throw. Like they'll, they'll. Is wrap. that what it is? It's yeah, because guys well, are. Oh, that's only I, thing I do I not want to go to your gym. Yeah, like I'm convinced that guys will walk around and they'll have their shower. I uh, know. Just I've just realized. Holy shit! Maybe. Maybe, maybe you should I'm just change little, gyms. Maybe should yeah. Change gyms. But yeah, they'll put the the the, the towel over their shoulder and walk around as if, hey man, look at me. I'm totally not afraid of my. Yeah. Anyway, geez, like this, it's, like this is a good visual image. It's odd, huh? It's odd. Like I haven't been going to gyms for so long because I just don't like them for various reasons. But you know, it's across the road here. It's convenient. Yeah. But wow. But this, I reckon, I, this idea of personal space is a whole different. Next discussion. week, we'll all just do this with our pants off. Let's see how comfortable no, we are. And I, I, I would not be comfortable. I'll only do that if you give me a sample of the cocoa butter body moisturizing <laughs> cream. Have you noticed though? People seem, and this is a general observation about South Africa. Across the board, old, young, black, white, wherever you go, people just are not observant of each other's personal space at all. People will walk. They'll be on their phone. They'll bump straight into you because they're just not paying attention to what's going on around them. There's no um, body what, – what do you call it? Sort of awareness, spa- spatial awareness. awareness. People are not able to figure this out. They'll stand right behind you in a queue, <laughs> breathing on your neck. Yeah. So What I think, is this? So I think – I've thought about this before – I think that what happens is there are two worlds. There is the world that we that we stand in, and there's the world that we operate in. And the world that we operate in is the world that we happen to be in on our phone at the time. I actually think people disengage from the reality of the world around them. They'll be standing in a queue, and they'll be on Facebook, and they actually forget that they're in another world as well. And they're so engaged with the universe that they're in on social media and Facebook and things like this that they actually forget the normal uh, – uh, like I, I've, I've – I've, I was saying it was in a home affairs queue a while back, and this dude kept on bumping into me. And I, he was on his phone, and I realized it was like we didn't exist. Wow. Anyway, people. All right, All right guys. Thank you, Rich. Cheers. There we go. Anything else you want to call Rich back for, Ben? No, no I'm <laughs> kind of actually upset I opened that can of cocoa butter. No, now. no, no. Oh, oh, very exciting. <laughs> that smells nice. I, yeah. Wow. Well, it's, you know, exciting things happen, Ben. What can we say? Cliffcentral.com.